Harry, how many flights will you have been on by the end of the week? How many planes will you have been on by next week? Well, we did Buenos Aires, Lima, Lima, here, and then here, Taiwan, Taiwan, Hong Kong. And then by the end of the week after that, Hong Kong, Thailand. So we'll say 12, 15 flights, <laughs> yeah, couple, A couple, right. for sure. Well, we're back. It's the Madrid Broadcast. Uh, I think this is uh, episode six. Yeah. Everybody that's listening kind of knows the drill by now. So welcome back. Uh, we just finished our uh, podcast donuts, courtesy <laughs> of Bo and Debbie's Donuts in uh, Long Beach. Debbie's Donuts. And we're talking flights. We're talking, uh, we'll probably be talking lousy weather here at some point. But we've got uh, Harry Clark is our guest for the podcast today. Welcome, Harry. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. This, uh, full full disclosure to everyone listening, we uh, scrambled to throw this sucker together today, so uh, bear with us. We're doing our best. It's a last-minute thing, but we've got Harry in town for a couple days, so we thought we'd squeeze him in and uh, learn a little about, about Harry's background and uh, the downhill team. So uh, right off the bat, uh, I know very little about Harry, aside from our email communications. We both work here at Madrid Skateboards, mm-hmm. but uh, Harry's our team manager for the downhill team. And uh, I'll, I'll let him kind of take it from there for now. Just give us a little bit of background of, of how you got involved with Madrid, how long you've been riding with Madrid, and when you started as a team manager. <clears throat> well, I started riding for Madrid officially in 2018, actually. But I'd been getting flow boards on the DL from Rolo for a little while before that. Um, I met all those guys at my first ever skateboard race, first ever international race in Germany in 2014 when I was just a wee grommet um yeah I met Zach and and Justin and Max they were all there on their famous you know Madrid Euro tour <laughs> gotta get you, last names on these guys yeah cause that one, I mean Zach Maiden Justin Rollo and Max yeah. Dubler come on the notorious trio of the Madrid downhill team you know yeah. so when you say Rollo was flowing you stuff on the down low was he getting boards for himself and then just basically giving them to you I, I don't know, <laughs> but every time... We'll bring this bo- up with Jerry after this episode. <laughs> every time I'd go to my local skate shop, if we got an order in from, from Madrid, there'd be there'd be a trap star there yeah. with my name on it. So I no, awesome. appreciate Justin for that. Absolutely. Shout out to Justin Rollo for hooking up Harry, uh, even if it was, you know, on the download. Scandalous decision. No, um, that's cool. But then when I came to, came to the States for the first time in 2018, you know, I think the first... The first conversation that I ever had with with Dubler, who was the team manager at the time, was like, I rock up to the campsite in Utah, and he's like, "Hey, good to meet you. How's your flight? Da 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 da. Would you be interested in riding for Madrid full time?" Awesome! Like, oh. Holy cow! <laughs> that's a pretty good introduction. Hell, hell yeah! yeah <laughs> I'm that's down. Crazy. For that. Yeah. I don't think it happens like that super often, but no, it, it doesn't. But yeah. I think it was it was already like in motion as well. Yeah. You know, I've been repping them for probably three, four years at that point already. Yeah, so you're getting flow from Justin for three, three yeah. four years. Yeah. I also was running the distribution oh, okay. for Full Circle Got at you. the time in Hong Kong. Um, ah, what yeah. was the name of that distribution? Uh, it was called Freetech, Freetech Boards. Um, it started up as a company that me and my dad ran mm-hmm. because um, I grew up in Hong Kong. So it meant that manufacturing skateboards only happened like an hour away from my house yeah. across the border in China. Right, right. So like I, we, we were able to jump over to the border there to see where all the big companies were getting their yeah. boards made. And so we're like, well, I mean, if they're doing it, 
why can't we? Yeah. Right. So we started making our own boards because shipping into Hong Kong from the States was just, you know, scandalous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, especially for like kids. Yeah. Who, you know, was a predominant of the market of downhillers in Hong Kong were like, you know, teenagers going mm-hmm. to school and whatnot. So me and my dad started our own sort of like board company and which then molded into like a, a distribution company. Sick. So we got the accounts for full circle. So we were importing oh, wow. Madrid, Rogue, at yeah. the time Ronin. Okay. Venom wheels, and then we had other things like Abec Eleven, Orangutan. Yeah. So really bringing you know the overseas brands to Hong Kong at a price point that like the local scene could afford. That's awesome. And that's yeah. how we developed contact with um with with um Full Circle. Sure. So I've been I've been chatting to Alex. Yeah. For close to ten years now. <laughs> I'm mate. really sorry to hear that. But yeah, like, you got to get in somewhere. So Alex, yeah, if Alex is the best you got. You absolutely. Know? Yeah. I mean, I think at least some people listening would probably be surprised to hear that you're from Hong Kong, given your uh, accent. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, my first guess. Yeah. So. No. Absolutely not. Sweden. <laughs> Sweden Abs- for sure. Absolutely not. No. I grew up in. I was born in Australia. Okay. Um, I lived there until I was five years old, and then when I was five, my parents shipped off to Hong Kong. They're both high school teachers there. Cool. So they were working at like international schools there. Okay. So um, the whole deal was, you know, if they come over, then like all the education fees for me and my sister would be waived. And Sick. Yeah. So, you know, they were like, no brainer, man. Always fight the system. No, no brainer. Man. So we moved over to Hong Kong. We were only supposed to be there for, you know, like two, three years. Um, but, you know, my dad's still there. Yeah, yeah. You know, since 2003. Oh, wow. So, wow. you know, they love it. The life is just so good. And yeah. we settled in so well. So, you know, it's just a great place to grow up as a kid. That's fantastic, man. So, okay, so okay, what year was that you said that you, so you were five when you moved to Yeah, Hong so Kong? that was 2003 when okay. I moved over there. So what was your introduction to skateboarding? And was that, that was while you were in Hong Kong, yeah? Yeah, so everything yeah. that I've done, skateboard, pretty much everything I've done every, all my life started in Hong Kong. Yeah. So, which is um crazy to think about, like n- not something you think about skateboarding when you think about Hong Kong, totally. obviously. But um, when you think about Hong Kong, you think about that you know, skyline mm-hmm. with the big buildings and the taxis and all. But it's really not like that at all. Yeah. I think I think it's seventy percent of its national park. Yeah. No kidding. So I grew up way outside the city. Sounds in awesome. Like small fishing village. Really. Surrounded by mountains and man. Every... That sounds way more appealing than the image that you normally yeah. have of a yeah. bustling metropolitan area. No yeah. man. I mean yeah. it's both. You yeah. can have both. And it's such a small place that mm-hmm. it's like an hour between the two. So nothing. Um but yeah man all the mountains out there have roads on them yeah. and they're all paved and they've all got street lights. Yeah, yeah. So it was just paradise. And no traffic. Yeah. I mean, not out there, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the city, it's absolutely yeah, it's, jammed. Of course, it yeah. Takes you three but those hours mountain roads, but just, those mountain roads, not many people out there. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up out there, so really, it's just perfect. So what year did you get your first skateboard? And was that, uh, I mean, did you, did you get into the downhill scene from just like getting a, what we yeah. call a street well, board or a popsicle board? The, or, the thing know? is, I, I, we started. We started with like your regular street boards yeah. and whatnot, but um, just so difficult to get going. And then it's always like a phase as a kid. Yeah. Like your friends buy one, you buy one, they stop going, you stop going. Yeah. But what we would do, we'd get street boards and we'd try and bomb hills, right? Yeah. But a lot of the hills that we were trying to bomb were either too busy or like real rough. Yeah, yeah. So like the street, yeah. the hard wheels, like you got a, a hundred a wheel. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. So we tried, but it didn't really get going, and they all moved on to scooters, and I yeah. stopped skating. Yeah. Um. But then in 2011, that's better than riding scooters. Right. Exactly. <laughs> in 2011, one of the blokes who was in my class, in my maths class, you know, he's like, "Oi, on the weekend, I tried this skateboard that my neighbor had. 
and I pushed once and I went 200 meters. <laughs> and I was like, as if, no way. And we started looking <laughs> up these YouTube videos about longboarding at the time. And it was all like, you know, surf style, big sure. pintails, mm-hmm. wide trucks and right. stuff like that. And we were absolutely addicted. We were frothing on these videos. Like, all right, let's yeah. buy one, let's buy one, let's buy one. Turns out I was the only one who ended up buying one. <laughs> Everyone else flaked out on a decision and I was I was just cracked out. Yeah. Um, so I got one of these boards. I bought one. It came from the States. Um, and first day I got it, I was hooked. Yeah. I took it to the, the biggest hill I knew. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> no helmet. Just went for it. Oh, no helmet, God, no gloves, yeah. and just, like, try to go. I made it, like, 10 meters, ran off, because <laughs> I was getting the wobbles and whatnot, because I didn't yeah. even tighten the trucks. They came, like, yeah. rattly from the factory. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even have a skate tool or anything. <laughs> so these loose-ass trucks, 52 degrees, and just try to bomb this hill. And, yeah, yeah I was hooked since then. And, and then I posted a photo of it on my Facebook page. Yeah. And some bloke that I met, like, months ago um, from another school, saw that I posted this photo, he sent me a message like, wait, you skate? And I was like, yeah, dude. At this point, I thought I was the only person in the whole of Hong Kong who had a longboard. Yeah. Just because I'd never seen it. I thought I was the only one. Sure. And this dude that I already knew hit me up. He was like, all right, do you know how to slide? I was like, yeah, I can like stand up slide. I don't have gloves or helmet. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, all right. Meet me at the train station on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, sweet as. (laughs) So I got the train into the city and um, we went up to this place called The Peak which is like the most famous viewpoint right, in Hong right. Kong that you've probably seen. And um, up the back there, there's all these mountain roads that mm-hmm. are like busy, you know, uh, right. rich neighborhoods and stuff like that. Sure. Tourists, and I rocked yeah. up there on that day and there was like 10 other kids, all my age or younger. Oh my I'm talking God. 13. Really? And these guys were like 11, right? And they had gloves, they had helmets. And they were doing stand-up toe sides. They were bombing hills. They were doing race lines. These guys were 11 years old. Oh, yeah. I'm the yeah. oldest one, tallest, biggest one. And I just like had no idea what I was doing. I was like, holy. <laughs> I mean, that's me skating today, by the way. Right. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and then from that point on, my life just that was changed. It. That, yeah. was it. that was it for me. From <clears throat> that day on, from that session on, yeah. it was every single weekend. Every single, any spare opportunity that I had. I mean, obviously I had like loads of other like sport commitments through school and through clubs like rugby, all that sort of stuff. But every other spare moment that I had, I was skating downhill. And from 2000, I think it was November 2011, from that point onwards, I've just been absolutely hooked. So that was it. So so the scene that you kind of... uh, were introduced to was quite a bit younger than you, you were saying at the time. Well, I mean, we were, we were... Because the scene was so young, right? There yeah. was um, there was a crew of like local guys of, of um Hong Kong guys yeah. who were skating. They were a little bit older than us. They were like in their early twenties at the time, or like nineteen, twenty, mm-hmm. and we were 13, 13, 12, 11. So you were the middle. You were the middle guys. You had the we were, guys. We, and we the, were yeah. the high school kids. Yeah, yeah. And then these guys were like just finishing high school, and but we never really crossed them. We knew of them because of like a mutual face, like Hong Kong longboard Facebook. Group. Sure, yeah, yeah. So we'd see photos come up, but like. We never really, you know, communicated or skated with them ever. Yeah. So we had, had like our little Grom crew. Yeah. And they, these kids were all from the island, mm-hmm. Hong Kong Island, which is mm-hmm. pretty much where all like the, the Guaylos, yeah. all like the international school kids live. And I was living on the other side. So I was commuting like an hour and a half yeah. public transport to go skate with these guys, even though I lived in the place with the best hills. Yeah, yeah. So after that, after I got good enough to like skate on their side, I was like, right. 
right, you guys need to come to my hood. Sure. Come yeah. to my hills. And that's, <laughs> that's when awesome. the progression really changed. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So if you had to estimate how many how many people were talking was kind of like in that local scene at that time? Um of the all of the international school kids, we're looking at like 10, 10 to twenty. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is you know pretty big in that you know such a small community yeah, for sure. of skaters. Um, and we yeah we were terrorized this one road on the peak. Yeah. Every single weekend. Yeah. Um, but all of the other crew, they'd probably be yeah about the same 10, yeah. 20 guys. What was exposure like to the world of downhill at that time in Hong Kong? And how were you getting like? Your, how are you getting boards? How are you getting your info? What were, what were you guys looking at that was like we the, would, the scene we, out there? We were just, you know, addicted to those YouTube videos. Yeah, so YouTube mostly. So we everything that we could, we were consuming the magical world of longboarding via YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So every video that you came out at that time, we knew off by heart. Yeah. All the dialogue, all the, all the spots, all yeah. the riders. Yeah, we yeah. were like the biggest fans ever. Some, and that was like, this is during like the longboarding boom yeah. at the time. So you're looking at like sponsored professional, like a 50 mm-hmm. man class of yeah. like sponsored guys yeah. who are traveling around and we're like, oh my God, this is the dream. And um, yeah, so we were just consuming that. We'd never had any outside contact. We yeah. weren't getting taught by anybody. Sure. We were learning ourselves. And that's the craziest thing Yeah, is that we were just learning via like watching other people on the internet. Yeah. We had no elders to teach us how to how to slide, right. how to take lines, or yeah. how to do it even safely. Yeah, you just study YouTube videos and go yeah. out and try it. Yeah, yeah. and then like <laughs> we all, we all, there's this page called Skatehouse Media, which was a crew of guys from LA, who just there was like nine of them. They all lived in like a two bedroom apartment or something, right? And would just skate every day and put it on the internet. Yeah, and we worshipped these yeah. dudes. And <laughs> one of them was Max Dubla, the um, old right. TM of Madrid. He was one of the founding members of Skatehouse and. Yeah, we lived on that website and just watched videos and just try to go replicate them in our streets. Yeah. You know, you talk about progression and how when you first met up with these older dudes and they came to your hills, uh, that's kind of the way, for me, being a downhill guy, kind of the same thing first time I went down to Lake La Costa, down in San Diego area. You're around all these people. Not only does it, push you hmm. but uh you also get this sense of camaraderie with right. these other guys yeah. who are also putting their lives on the line well i mean i can't imagine like now what it must have looked like back then because we're just like a crew of like 13 year olds yeah bombing down hills but yeah the, when we started venturing out into like the country park where i live that's when like, we started adapting to the bigger hills right yeah. and when you know you skate and all your stuff you get better yeah right and so th- throughout the christmas holidays we would all just like camp at my house nice. and then just go skate every single day and the progression through those times was you know insane and then like the friendships you develop with all these people right. like, yeah totally um this not all of them skate now yeah but i still speak with all of them sure you know like we're yeah. all still real good friends mm-hmm. um and that's just you know all because of skating and yep. you know i wouldn't change it for the world totally yeah was there any difficulty in Hong Kong, like getting a hold of top grade gear? Like, were you guys so, kind of using makeshift or like getting what you just could get your hands on? Or? So the, that, that's the whole. That's why FreeTech started. Yeah, pretty much is that these got we were paying premium. Yeah, to try and get this stuff from the states and like the markup on it after it got all the way to us was like we were paying double. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was really difficult. So that's why we started making our own boards, and then starting a like you know distribution. Yeah, to then. We basically became a shop. Yeah. 
um, when we were just distributors, right. but there was no shop to sell to. So yeah. we, we were the shop and distributor. That was, you know, my downstairs bathroom yeah. Yeah, was yeah, just yeah. full of boards, yeah. full of wheels. My mum hated it. <laughs> she never wanted to say anything. She hated it. Of man. course, man. Um, and what, how did you have the capacity to actually make and shape boards? Like from a, like well, a wood dad's, shop perspective? My dad's a design okay. and technology teacher. There oh, really? There's the connect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that makes it easy. What, what happened was, was that I was riding around town and I had you know this board that came from the states like three hundred bucks, and it had a carbon bar in it, and I was you know, the best thing in the world. Um, and I rode, try to ride up a curb, but I was going too slow, you know, full chalked. Board flew backwards into the road, got run over by a bus, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. no way. <laughs> no like three hundred dollars. Like, that's another three hundred dollars. No so easy. way. Yeah. And my dad's like, nah, we'll fix it. And so, you know, we went into a shop and we were clamping and gluing. And he's like, you know, we can make these, right? Yeah, nice. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, come on in. And he made the whole, like, you know, ribbed wood press. And we pressed a couple decks. And he was like, wow, we could we could really, like, kind of make a company out of this. Yeah. And, and obviously, I was frothing. He was stoked that, like, we could do something together totally, mainly man. Yeah, as well awesome. and spend some time. And then it kind of dawned on us, like, you know, we can't really be pressing all these boards if we're going to, like, you know, man has a full-time job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we need a space. And yeah. my mum won't let us do it at the house. No way. <laughs> so it just became the obvious thing to just, like, head up to China and, and see what we could, you know, they could offer us. And, right. And it's so cheap. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, 10 cents a board or some crazy stuff yeah. like that, depending on your minimums. Yeah. Um, well, maybe so, not 10 cents a board, but yeah. pretty cheap. But we went up. We cheaper. took the, the family trip up to the to the, to the board manufacturers in Shenzhen. That's Shenzhen. awesome. And um, it was yeah, yeah it, it was wild doing that because man, I would have been like fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I I was I would be fifteen at the time, and my dad's like, "Come on, then let's let's get into it," and it all just like started real quick. It's um, killer. Yeah, but the board company didn't last too long. It lasted until like 2016, 2017. and I like I started getting better. Yeah. At skating, and then. You know, I started like picking up sponsors and stuff, sure. and that's when it started to move into a distribution. And in the end, the distribution ties all got passed on to a shop that was started by you know the local crew, yeah, who was there. So, what kind of happens in Hong Kong is that people pass through, mm-hmm. families pass through for business all the time. Yeah. So, like all my friends, when they're like sixteen, they leave, their families leave, or their right. families send them back to you know their country of origin. To just, you know, integrate into right. you know what would be normal life for them, for like mm-hmm. Australia, you know, states, Canada, UK. Yeah. Um, but then there's people who stay, and there's not many of those people. Yeah. So most of my friends who I grew up skating with either stopped skating or stopped skating and then left. Sure. Yeah. So there was a point when all those crews, like the the twenty person crew that we had, thirty person crew that we had, and the thirty person like local crew, you know, people move on, people quit skating, people move. And then we combine forces. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what started SBDW, SBDW Longboard Shop. And they became the prominent, you know, provider, like the, the, the center of the community. And then when we were getting, like, my dad didn't want to run, like, the distribution company anymore because, like, let's be honest, he's doing most of the work here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm 16 years old. So you're, just, yeah. you're, just out, you're just out writing the prototypes and yeah. giving feedback. I, I'm taking you're advantage the of the wholesale prices. Yeah, you're the face, <laughs> of the, face of the brand and the company. Yeah. Um, and so we actually ended up passing all these distribution um, deals that we had onto SBDW. Yeah. And then started that whole shop there. So mm. 
um, that was a really cool thing that, you know, that my dad and myself did. And, you know, that shop's still going today. And it's Sick. still, it's one of my main sponsors to this very day. That's right. So I'm still like trying to be as, as connected as possible to the Hong Kong scene. Heck yeah. So when did you get to a point where you started competing? And was that, was there any, was there contests and, and stuff like that in Hong Kong? Or did you find that you had to travel to get, so, to get to those things? So, you know, I'm a very competitive person. I've been doing sport since I was three years old, you know, starting off with rugby, soccer, taekwondo, triathlon, swimming, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when we when we were starting skating, like you look up to the, the top dudes in the scene, the people with the most exposure were top racer guys. Yeah. And so when you learn about racing, it's like, oh, oh that's just what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but there was no sort of races in Hong Kong. So I'd make races myself. Yeah. And then just try and win my own races. <laughs> yeah. As a fun, yeah. like, just, you know. just like uh, somebody we know that was <laughs> yeah. maybe the first downhill pro on yeah, Madrid. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Create your own races so you can get cheap wins. That, yeah, was, yeah. that was what was happening. Yeah. The, uh, but it was cool. The like, Harry Clark Invitational <laughs> yeah. featuring Harry Clark. <laughs> yeah. Won by Harry Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a bit of that going on, but also like we had that distribution company, so we yeah. actually had the, like prizes and stuff to give sure. away as well, so... Um, we ran a couple of events and then a couple of guys that we were skating with would run events. We'd all take turns running events, but really they were just big sessions, right? Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, like we'd give away prizes and, yeah. and whatnot. But I competed for the first time two years after I started skating mm-hmm. um, in the Philippines. Um, and, you know, the Philippines, not far from my house. Yeah. Though. Right. It's like an hour and a half flight. Yeah. You know, so you could be stuck in traffic in Hong Kong longer than it takes you. To get to <laughs> right, Philippines. right. Um, so I went over there because I got a message from somebody in the Philippines who um, frequented Hong Kong because I think mm-hmm. one of his parents lived there. And he's like, hey, like in April, there's this event going down in the Philippines. Like, you should come. And I was like, whoa, that's not far. Like, we can get out over there. Like, um, And so I went with my dad for the first time. And that moment was just when you got to exp- like philippines is one of the biggest downhill scenes in the world mm-hmm. not just asia but the really world. yeah and at that time it was popping hmm. like i'd never really? to this day i've never seen more people at a skate event than oh i did in God. 2013 in the philippines huh. i gotta get over that it's crazy insane yeah man. so we rocked up to this thing called the Versailles longboard trilogy it's two week event three stages three hills three races it's incredible um and going over there was when I first met other people. We met internationals. Yeah. And the biggest thing for at this point in time was that the world champion downhill skateboarder was going to this event. Yeah. And we were frothing about that. Patrick and Switzer was going Switzer, to the Philippines. Okay. Switzer was going yeah. to be in the Philippines, and I'll book my flights that moment. Right. right. And um, yeah, going over there and meeting him and meeting all the other other um local filipino guys yeah. and there was people coming over from the states and europe and just for like a good time yeah um and that that event was my first race and you know i got my first leather suit yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. full face helmet mm-hmm. and just like had a crack yeah i was in the juniors division as well juniors and opens and just got like from going from like winning races in hong kong that, yeah. you know, that obviously were my events and through my lo- local yeah, crew yeah to getting absolutely thumped by people that I've never <laughs> yeah, of heard. Of course, man. <laughs> been there so many times, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Just like people that I've never heard of, people that don't even skate today, just yeah, yeah. absolutely smoking me. Yeah. So the level change was like really motivating for me. Sure. And getting to ride with like 
pros yeah, yeah, for the first time ever was, yeah. was something that like really was beneficial for me at that time as well. We've talked a bit about just that idea on this podcast in several episodes. I mean, it's like you get good by skating with guys that are way it's better the, than it's you the are. Easiest <laughs> right. way. Literally yeah. everyone, that's how it is. You know, it's like you want to go out with guys that yeah. are better than you and they get you all charged yeah. up. You don't want to skate with guys that aren't any good and don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Then you just, you have, you know, you have no friendly competition mm-hmm. to, to grow, you know? But that was so, that's what's so crazy about Hong Kong is that we had no one. Yeah. We were just feeding off each other. Totally. Yeah. The competitiveness yeah. within, like, it was like a trio, really. Yeah. Towards towards the, you know, the end of it, it was myself, Robert Burns, and Pierre Van Rumorte, and us three were the ones that were, like, really, yeah. really into it. Rob still skates deep to this day. Um, He rides for Pantheon and stuff, living out of New York. Um, But um, us three really just fed off each other, and we really had no one to go off, so we didn't know how good we were. Yeah, right. Turns out not that great. But <laughs> <laughs> you were the we, best in your crew. Yeah, yeah, but we thought we were good, but then we went to the Philippines and yeah, yeah, and that that's was humbling, man. It was yeah, super it made, humbling. Yeah, that's yeah. good for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But after that, man, that's when we started really getting into racing. Yeah, get a little yeah. serious because I knew that we weren't good. Right. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. knew that there was better people out there. So we we really started getting harder after that. And yeah. I, that's when I kind of branched off from like, you know, just riding for fun and like mm-hmm. doing free riding and stand up slides to like, I really want to go fast. Yeah. And like yeah. learn how to pre drift right. and right. take good lines yeah. and stuff like that. At this point, it's 2023. You've been skating 12 years. Yeah. 12 about years that, now. right? Yeah. 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 And so. What have you seen change over those 12 years in like the downhill scene? Well, good I mean, or bad? I started If you ask most people who are on like the upper echelon of downhill right now when they started skating, it's around the same time. Mm-hmm. We all really? started in the boom mm-hmm. in the modern era boom. Makes sense. From yeah. about 2009 to 2013 is when downhill really exploded. So we've been skating for a while now and my cohort have seen it all yeah really so we've seen what it was you know people were getting six-figure paychecks yeah. to skate downhill yeah. traveling yeah. the world yeah you know up until 2014 and then we've seen the rut of it yep. when all those people who we saw right. disappear right. yeah yeah all your favorite skaters stopped skating yeah you know got yeah. real jobs yeah, yeah you know too. too injured yeah. yeah stuff like that We've seen the rise of companies. Yep. We've seen the fall of companies. Yeah. And to where we are right now, where we're racing on TV. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it yeah. feels like it might be coming full circle. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard and fun. But it really is, you know, hard to tell because, yeah. you know, this is still my first, you know, no, first go is, of it. It's yeah. definitely cyclical and it will come back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the boom was totally different. You know, it was... Right. It was people starting with longboards, uh, and, you know, cruising, whether it was to the uni or right. or whatever, you know. So we had a bunch of people that weren't really skateboarders, but would skateboard on longboards because it yeah, was lo- easier. Yeah, lo- longboarders. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, big difference. Which, well, longboarders are still skateboarders, you know. The ones who ride a longboard and they love it. They're still skateboarders, right. but uh, it is cyclical. Uh, it may not come back in the same way as it did in two thousand nine. I don't think it will, but, but uh, we'll see. I mean, every back. every aspect of, of skating or, or 
you know, anything for that matter goes that way. I mean, if you look at the transition from vert to street that happened when skateboarding yeah, right. all but died and then it came back. And right. then, of course, you could argue it came back stronger than stronger, it had right. ever been, right? But it would never be the same. Of course yeah. not. Maybe yeah. it'll come back to the same height. Yeah. But it won't come back in the same way. Totally. For example, like, there's no magazines these days. Yeah. It was all about the magazines before. Yeah. You right. know, when we, we saw, you know, the skate no slate, printed the press anymore. Yeah. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, like, being on the cover of a magazine, which is my, my grum dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's never going to happen for me. Yeah. Would it have happened if I was yeah. skating back then? Probably. Well, you'll be the, you'll be on yeah. the cover of a, of a Instagram account. You'll right. There you go. The blog. There you, you go. Know, I'll, I'll be in a famous reel or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard that Michael Brook may be doing something with Concrete Wave again. You know, yeah, obviously. Well, remain, be remains to be seen, right? Yeah. But, um, but that's sort of, like, you know, superstar fame that I felt for all those guys at the top yeah. will probably never be achieved again. Totally. It'll, it'll be, you know, now you're Instagram famous or yep. whatever. Like, yep. But I do believe that it will come to a level where, you know, you can make a living off this. But it, it, yeah. really, it really depends on, like, where it goes in the, the racing direction. Yeah. Right. You know, if it is eventually adopted by the Olympics, you know, right. downhill and slalom, which I know that you know people are pushing for, and I think it will be a uh, an exhibition sport in mm -hmm. 2024. That's gonna it's gonna give more of a bump to sure. longboarding and sure. downhill and, sure. and skating or in and slalom than the 2021 2020 21 Olympics did for skateboarding. That gave about yeah. a three percent bump. I don't. I don't believe that the street and the in the park and world really needs the Olympics. I think no, they, 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 not. they operate like the Olympics needs them. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's, yeah. it's right? good to have it in there, but it's not a necessity for our sport. When 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 you look at slalom and downhill, like being in the Olympics could be really beneficial because of the exposure. Right. Yeah. Right. But for it me makes sense too. But for me I think more than having the Olympics, what we'd benefit more from would be just having a, a, a solid professional circuit yeah true. you know like you look at the sls mm -hmm. for example street league mm -hmm. like that sort of format or you know i mean world skate do a, do a tour right. for the street park guys now yeah. as well or the x right. games even mm -hmm. having something like that for downhill right i think would be way more beneficial because it's not every because yeah. not every four years yeah it's every right. year multiple times a year yeah it's on tv like i watched you know sports on normal tv before i watched them in the olympics yeah Maybe right. athletics and stuff because that's like the biggest races. Yeah. But mainly, man, mainstream sport happens in its own league, and I think that would be much more beneficial for us. Absolutely, and I think, well, you know, downhill was in the X Games, right, and in the Gravity Games, yep. and you know, but that kind of petered out, unfortunately. But uh, I think, and yeah, I'm going to be the opinionated asshole on this, but part of the reason why it petered out was not because of the downfall of downhill it was because the producers of these events did not understand the property that they had right and how to present it yeah. to the tv audience not yeah. just the one standing on the side of the yeah. hill so producers of downhill events if you want an opinionated asshole come to bo brown <laughs> i mean look i've got very strong opinions myself and i don't have the slightest interest in seeing skateboarding of any variety enter into the olympics and uh, you know mm -hmm. to me all that shit killed skateboarding 
you know, I mean, it's just again, hey, we all have our yeah. opinions, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, yeah. to me, it's, it's like skating kind of was the underground, there. skating right. was punk, skating was yeah. the antithesis to. Still so when you get into organized there. sports, you lose me a little bit, man. Yeah, so, you I know. mean, I, Dander Hobel <laughs> will never be in the Olympics, but yeah. he'll always be skating. Right. Same thing with Gons. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there'll always be that totally. aspect. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's like there's there's room for everyone, you know, I guess. Yeah. But again, strong opinions, man. You know, we all got them. <laughs> I don't think you should really be putting it into a box. I mean, the beautiful yeah. thing about skateboarding is it can be whatever you want it to be. Right. Well, we touch on that just about yeah. every time we have someone in this room because much, yeah. I don't know anything about downhill skating. Yeah. And uh, but it, it, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that it's it's less of uh, a sport, whatever you want to yeah. call it. It's not it's not less. Like Bo always says, if you've got a slab of wood and four wheels. It's a skateboard, man. You right. know, and it's like trucks help too. <laughs> well, you know, it's a, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. No, yeah, it, slab of wood true. and some urethane wheels. You know, skateboarding is skateboarding. Now, it doesn't mean that you know a downhill guy is going to do what like our like our street guys are going to do, and vice versa. Mm. But um, that's one of the unique things I think about Madrid is that we kind of cover all facets of skating right. in, a, in a really rad way. You know, we've got street team, we've got downhill team, we've got our heritage retro kind of connection to. You know, yeah. it's just it encompasses everything about skateboarding, which is pretty unique for a brand, and just also just to be a part of that. You know. Yeah, it's uh, there's some rich history here. And yeah, totally. It's sick for me to come in and, and learn about it. Every time I come here, I always yeah. learn about more. Yeah. The history of um, the heritage of Madrid. And totally. Always good stories. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. literally the whole you know the catalyst for this particular podcast is just yep. there's a lot of stories and a lot of history here, man. You know. Yeah. So absolutely. It's fascinating for sure, and you know every time we have people visit, they just you know get to take a walk through the wood shop back there. You know. Yeah. If you skate, you just you're stoked. You get a yeah. kick out of it. It's absolutely. awesome, man. With all the boards, all the templates up yeah you get to see it's like you peel back the curtain you get to see what's going on you know back there it's it's it's, if you're into skating it's there's nothing cooler than you know being a part of it and actually digging in and seeing how things are done and it's awesome absolutely so i recently kind of uh we're we're putting together some bios of the downhill team uh as we kind of relaunch the madrid website right one thing i've got some notes of you is uh you kind of consider yourself a man without a true home Right, it's so, a, it's a tricky one, yeah. Yeah, where are you where do you, where would you consider yourself based these days, or is there really no home home base anymore? Well, yesterday I slept in the car park outside. Yeah, so there right now. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it's 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 a tricky one, man, because like I don't really have like a heritage. Yeah, or I don't really feel like I mean you could probably pin one down. Sure, but my parents are British. I grew up in Hong Kong. Yeah, I was born in Australia. Yeah, and I haven't really lived anywhere for more than like a year. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Since then, since I moved out of home. So, I mean, I've had the opportunity to travel everywhere and that's something that I really enjoy to do. So yeah. I don't truly feel at home anywhere. Yeah. Because even at Hong Kong, in, in Hong Kong, like you feel like a bit of a stranger. Sure. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, you're not Cantonese. You don't speak right, right. Cantonese. Like yeah. you, you barely scratch the surface of the culture without the language. Yeah. Um, so that's always something and that's something that you'll find that's a common issue with people who grew up in Hong Kong. Like yeah. they kind of lack their identity. But fortunately, fortunately for me, man, I found my home in downhill. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. like, that's, that's what, your family. That's that's my yeah. family. That's what I do. So, and my family's worldwide. So yeah. that's that's where you'll find me out on the road, traveling around. Um, but also because of the, like the racing aspect, man. Yeah. I'm traveling for like six, seven months a year. Yeah. I haven't. I moved out of my apartment in October, mm-hmm. and I have not been home since. Yeah. You know, I spent just spent a bunch of time in Argentina. 
recently traveling around South right. America. I saw some That's of a, those roads. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely great, man. But yeah, I don't really feel like I belong anywhere particularly. Like obviously I'm proud to be an Australian. I'm proud of my, my Hong Kong heritage. Um, I'm sure seeing the, the upcoming pro model that I've got coming. But yeah, man, men of the world, men of, of, of the people traveling around. Like I think I've skated in almost all the continents now. Wow. That's so sick. I'm, That's awesome. Jealous. I'm, I'm stoked about that and it's going to try and continue doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Not to, uh, you know, bring forth any bad omens, but do you have concerns about injuries and oh, the yeah, future? Dude. You're getting older, right? Is there right. an end of the road? Is there uh end oh, of the God, tunnel? Right. You know? Well, I mean, and like what I always say, I never think about it, a crash that I haven't had yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Why would I? What's the worst one you've you've suffered so far? Oh, I mean, I've had some bad ones. I've punctured my lung. Yeah. Skating in, in Hong Kong. I hit one of those, you know, you know when they stop try to stop landslides, they concrete yeah. those right. big hillsides. Hong Kong's famous for that. I smashed one of those like a couple of years ago, punctured my lung, there was air leaking, didn't go to the hospital. Idiot. <laughs> and I rocked up to the hospital, they took they took like some scans like if you didn't come in today, you would have died. Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, last when I was here last in January, um, January last year, um, I had a crash up in Malibu. Yeah. Completely separated um, my clavicle from my shoulder. Yeah, that's when we met. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Were still in the yeah, still Absolutely in the gas or sling at least. Yeah. You know, dosed up on oxycotton. <laughs> um, yeah, and I broke my hand last year in in Romania, and mm-hmm. I'm still dealing with that. But that's just part of it, part yep. of the game. Um, I yeah. spend a lot of my time in the gym. Yeah. Now preparing for that sort of stuff. Nice. Like if you want to be good at downhill skateboard racing, it's gotten to a point where everyone is so good. Yeah. And now everyone trains in the gym. Yeah. You have to be. Yeah. Not only to like perform and, you know, put your best effort in to generate the most amount of power, yeah. skate the best, take the tightest lines. Mm-hmm. But also when you crash at sixty, yeah. Like you need to be okay. Yeah, you got to be able to kind of roll yeah. and pop yeah. back up. And yeah. Slide first yeah. and yeah. then you roll. Yeah, you, well, you I make, think it's a uh, it's always kind of been a a weird unspoken common misconception that like skateboarding is not an athletic feat, right? You look at, Oh, basketball players are athletes. Football mm-hmm. players are athletes. Mm-hmm. Like professional skateboarders are athletes, man, of yeah. the highest order. So you got to train accordingly. You know, yeah. it's not just a hobby. You're not just out there goofing around. Like there's a reason pros are at the level they're at. Exactly. Right? It's athletics, right. man. Yeah. For I w- sure. I want to see LeBron James fall down a 10 step. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and then get these, back yeah. up and do it 50 more times. 100%. Right, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Exactly. You see these basketball guys take a fall and you're like, I rolled my ankle. It's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I smashed my face <laughs> into the concrete. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, a, yeah it's a different type of thing. Um, yeah. And a lot of it's like mental resilience as well. Like, yeah. Right. As soon as you lose that mental side of the thing, like, yeah. you need to stop. I lost that a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, yeah. it becomes I, dangerous totally, when you're, yeah. you know, competing and you're not like yeah. 100% sure of yourself. When you approach anything with apprehension, it's pretty much game over. Pretty much. And I recognize that, that when I stop being serious. Yeah, absolutely, right. man. You go, oh, you know what? I'm I'm approaching this at half speed, half wholehearted, and right. you know, it's you're not going to clear it. Work, if man. you doubt yeah. yourself, <laughs> totally. doing downhill. If you it's doubt huge. yourself, yeah. you are fucked. Yeah. Right. So that's that sort of side of things is also like you know, the mental and the physical side. But at the moment, man, I'm all gas for it. Yeah. I'm all gas for it. Like, yeah. I'm still hungry. Like, I've got a world championship under my belt, and I'm looking for more. Yeah. yeah. And, what, and when was, what year was that? 2019. 2019 was a yeah. world championship. So, man, it's pretty pretty lame that I missed, like, the, the backup season in 2020 because yeah. it got canceled. 2021 yeah. got canceled. Yeah. They had, like, a small sort of, like, comeback tour last year of only three races. But this year is going to be, like, the real 
you know, next step, right. the next season. Like I've been at my prime. I think I maybe entered my prime in 2019. That's when I, the year I won my first ever race on the pro circuit. Really? And that yeah. was the championship? And that's the championship. Yeah, I went to win five more. And was that on your old hill? Uh, there was, <laughs> Come no, on. No, I had a the lot of Harry practice. Clark in, <laughs> it was, it was, it was in the Philippines for sure. So I, I definitely had a lot of experience at that hill. So it, it made my first win much easier for yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, and that's the thing. Once you've done the tour a couple of times, like you do get familiar with the route. Yeah. You familiarize all the route. Yeah. yeah for and sure. It's not always the same every year, but there'll be, you know, three or four tracks that yeah. never change. Yeah. And getting that experience on really changes totally. your race results. But yeah, man, like really this is probably my third season where I've been competitive. Yeah. So I'm still very much in the game here. Yeah. I'm still very hungry. Um, So there's six races announced with uh, one of the organizations this year and I'm all in for it. Oh, yeah. Starting in July. But yeah, man, like you really, I sometimes think about, you know, what I'm going to do maybe after it. But, you know, I haven't really put too much thought of into it. Like it'll I've come. Always, it'll come eventually, whether yeah. or not you think about it, or, or you know, that's just how it goes, man. Yeah. You know? so, so far in my life, everything that I've like committed hundred percent to has yeah. always worked out. Yeah. So that's kind of the philosophy that I'm going to continue that's great. with. Just that's the way to do with hundred percent commitment, hundred percent belief, everything will be okay. Awesome. Yeah. You came on uh, at Madrid as a team manager relatively yeah. recently during during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. It's actually been weird because couple I've, been, years. I've been doing the TM role remotely. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's been it's been challenging at times, but yeah. you know it's been really, really you know it. Oh, it's such a rewarding experience yeah. because not only do I get to work with a company that I you know really like and I love working here and I love the culture here at Madrid, but I've also been able to bring on like a lot of my friends. Yeah, right. a lot of people that yeah. I really like. You know, I, I'm inspired by. That was the next question. Who who have you kind of had a hand in bringing on to the downhill team so since you started? When when I came in as the TM, um, the team was very small. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple of guys that had been pros above of me before me, and people had been riding before I'd even started skating. And suddenly, I became their boss, mm-hmm. if you will, the TM. Yeah. And that was kind of weird because it, yeah, it is. We'll talk about that one too. Yeah, we have some similarities. Yeah, because like I'm coming on as TM, and now I'm. Now I'm the TM of the guys that I met in Germany in 2014. I'm the TM for Zach and the TM for Rolo. And and that was kind of weird, but, you know, I kind of like let them, I always see them as equals, man, whatever those guys want, those guys get. But I was presented with the opportunity to create a sort of new team, like a new generation of modern, you know, downhill riders. And and that opportunity is, oh, invaluable, man. Like just being able to pick whoever I wanted, I went hard. Yeah. So I picked all my favorite skaters and I wanted to cover the globe. Yeah. With the Madrid logo. Sick. So I, I picked people Great. coming out of coming out of Australia. Zach Mills Goodwin. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite skaters um, from Melbourne. He can do absolutely everything on a skateboard. Just the most well-rounded guy I've ever seen. Street, park, downhill, slalom. Man has got it. Yeah. Um, and then picking up a flow rider from there and Jeb Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, riders from the, from the Philippines which is, you know, somewhere I'm really close to. Mm-hmm. I actually coached the Philippines downhill team oh, yeah. for nice. the, the Southeast Asian Games. So nice. I got it was like a, an opportunity to meet all the top riders from there. And I brought on a girl um, from Mindanao called mm-hmm. Rydell. Oh, man. she I think she's my favorite skater. Awesome. Ever. Like, she's so, so good. Just so much stoke. And I'm providing that opportunity for her to, like, 
ride for a brand that's international. Heck yeah. Um, like she's so stoked and I'm so stoked. So that's awesome. You know, it's good to get that going. And then we have Oscar from Spain, mm-hmm. one of the most iconic riders of uh, the modern downhill era. Um, and then, you know, Cam and Sam, who you know now yep. from, um, from Canada, uh, Ethan and Frenchie. Yep. Frenchie from San Diego here, one of the best up and comers and Ethan, the free ride machine from Utah, you know, originally from the East Coast. Just, yeah, getting to meet all these people because I hadn't met a lot of, I hadn't met Ethan. Yeah. I hadn't really met Frenchie. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw Frenchie via Instagram. Mm-hmm. I saw Ethan for the first time on Instagram and I just hit him up. I was yeah. like, wait, like, what's the yeah. go? Like, would you yeah. be interested in joining our team? Because, like, I, I had heard from some people that, like, he was a good bloke and yeah. we had a couple of video calls. But, yeah, creating this team has been, like, a crazy opportunity to have. Did any of these writers prior to you hitting them up, like, were they already sponsored or were they out there, like, literally flying under the radar? Some did, you of steal, them, did you steal anybody? I did steal. I did <laughs> steal a couple. I did steal <laughs> a couple job. of them. And All right. I don't know, because, like, that would, building the team was one of my first responsibilities. Yeah. Because you can't really be a team manager if you don't really have a team, right? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. Um, the first, like, the very first thing that I had to do was, like, poach some writers. Yeah. And, like... Poaching is a strong word for it because, yeah. like, I had a, I had a chat to like a lot of them because obviously these people are my friends. Most yeah. of them are my friends, people that I've known for a long time, and I want the best for them. So like, I, I came to them with, you know, this is what I can offer you. Yeah. Um, if it's better than what you have now, mm-hmm. you know, like think about it. Sure. If it's not better, if it's not a better deal than what you already have, man, like you yeah. do you. Like, yeah. I want you to succeed. I want you to have you know the most resources available to you as possible. Sure. Yeah. Um, your friends. Exactly. So, you know, fortunately, a lot of them said yes, That's awesome, <laughs> and, and they came yeah. over to um came over to Madrid and and helped build like one of the best teams in downhill. I mean, so, that yeah. that right there tells you that things come come back around and things are cyclical. Because yeah. I'd say we have a pretty pretty damn strong downhill team these days. Yeah, yeah. We I think we probably have the strongest, if not yeah. one of the strongest downhill teams. Yeah. In all of you know downhill in the moment right now, yeah. all over the world, and that's the other thing. Like we're not just based in the states. Yeah. Yeah. Like everywhere you go, almost every event that you'll ever go to, someone will be there representing Madrid. Yeah. And I specifically made it that way. It's super sick. It's yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Heck so yeah. It's I'm awesome. I'm stoked, stoked that that's all come to fruition, man. Heck yeah. What's on deck for 2023 that's worth uh, worth a mention? Um, we got some we got some new pro riders, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, I won't I won't spill the beans that's okay. now. Yeah, you don't. If you can't, don't. We'll, we'll, but um, you know. I, I'm really excited to be turning turning some people pro. Awesome for Madrid, and yep. I think there's some people that it's a long time coming. Yeah. Um, we got some new boards coming out. Yep. You know, so new additions, new shapes. Um, we got some new updates for current boards. Yep. Um, we got some new video parts. Sick. And you know, pretty much just world domination, mate. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds easy enough. <laughs> for me, I I was. Same as you. I mean, you know, Jerry made me the TM, and there had been guys who had been on the team. Yeah. Roger, yeah, Roger right. Hickey, uh, Mike Smith, all these other guys. Roger and, you know, the down the Mad- original Madrid downhill team. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm their boss. Right. Which, so you know, is, it really <laughs> so is weird. weird. Uh, but, uh, you know, what I, un- fortunately or unfortunately, because I've, had the whole team, all the guys. Yeah, I always had bail money. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was right. Uh, I always had uh, some get out of jail free card for yeah. one of the guys. Uh, but yeah, you know, as far as the downhill goes, you know, back in the day, 
it was such a tight community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after the races, it stopped, and Roger and Rick Denton and Don Bomay and I had started like Underground Racers Association yep. up at GMR. That was right. our main place, uh, and then you know took it to Figure and EDI and all the other associations. We had to keep it alive, mm-hmm. uh, and there really wasn't people. There were a few people, Simon Gunning in, in the UK and a few others that were doing downhill over there uh, until probably 93 when Roger and Paul Dunn and I went over to uh, France. Right. There was, uh, God, I can't even pronounce it, the French... Peri- uh, the Pyrenees. The Pyrenees games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we raced some of those hills. Mind-blowing hills. You... Do you remember what the hills were called or whereabouts they were? Any of the towns? Uh, Would have been like Côte d'Azur, something like that? No, the town we were in was saint louis Soulan, which okay. was a ski yeah, yeah, yeah. resort. Uh, and we raced the, in, the out, or in the Pyrenees between France and Spain. Uh, but yeah, that's when we really got to connect and start skating internationally with all right. these other guys well it would have been so different as well because it's so easy for us right now with all like the social media and stuff yeah, like, yeah i sure. know i know who's skating in every country and you yeah. see yeah. all the videos yeah back then you'd be rocking up you'd be seeing people you'd never seen never heard of right yeah and oh yeah that's that's a crazy connection yeah, yeah. yeah. it is uh but yeah you know as as far as the downhill goes and yeah i have a street board park board whatever you want to call it but, you know, downhill and slalom is obviously my first love. And that visceral feeling you get when first time you you step on a board and you start rolling, <laughs> that feeling of the urethane on the asphalt, there's it, There's nothing like it, man, you know? Yeah. Yep. Just putting it all out on, the, on the line. And, you know, you talk about falling at 60. That's the fastest I ever fell. Yeah, at La Costa Black Hill, and you learn that at sixty you don't want to start tumbling. Yeah, tumbling no. is when you break stuff. You know, yeah. you got to spread out a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, we have so many things in common. I'm just like two generations before you. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think the history of downhill is like so deep, and there's really not a lot of documentation on it. So like. No. Getting you on the podcast as much as possible is very important. Oh, I know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Zach Madem also runs another podcast where he talks to some of the legends. And oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, even know if we knew have that. Zach in here, on you need to get you need to get Zach in here. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I didn't know he was doing a doing a yeah. podcast. As well. he, he hasn't nice. been doing it for like a, a couple of years now, but okay. he he ran like some very very important episodes and just learning about that. Some of the stories that you hear, like he, you've done one with Roger, he's done one with Roger, yeah, yeah. people like Lee Danzi and Danny O'Connor. And right. Some of the stories that you hear from like that era and the era before is just absolutely insane. And oh, it's crazy. There's a lot of similarities as well, man. Like, yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> but the yeah, more things there, change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. man. Exactly. But yeah, it's it's really, really cool to imagine what it would have been like before. It sounded like it was a lot more gnarly, to be honest. Well, you got you guys are considerably more gnarly than we are for sure. Maybe we go a little bit faster, <laughs> go but a bit faster. The main difference is we weren't allowed to put our hands down. We weren't right. allowed to touch the board. Is that, uh, is that a was that a rule? That was a rule. That was <laughs> a rule. You could not touch your board. You could not put your hands down. Uh, obviously, in lose you could. I mean, you're holding yeah. onto the board. Yeah. 
but yeah, and downhill, uh, stand up downhill. Yeah, it was different. And we were riding, you know, the big thing when everything changed for us was when we went to Kryptonic 70 millimeters. Mm. But prior to that, we were riding like street bones or gyros, you know, yeah. 98 durometer wheels at, yeah. at GMR. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, I talked to Roger and you've shown everybody what can be done with downhill. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll say the same thing as well about the generation that comes after us. Absolutely. But absolutely, it's, it's crazy that so much of the technology that we use today is not actually new. No. No, we're upcycling your stuff. Right. That's yeah. it, man. Like I'm riding slalom trucks, slalom trucks that haven't changed in the design for over 10 years. Right. Except we are just using, changing the application. Right. Instead of using them for slalom. I'm going, I'm going 80 miles an hour on them. Do you know what I mean? That's, but it's, yeah, it's crazy to, to look back crazy. on the things that, that you were riding and even not even that far back. I look yeah. at like Zach Maiden's race setup from 2010 and I was like, yeah. I would never skate that. Right. I wouldn't touch that. <laughs> I, I'd be scared for my life to take that thing down a hill. Yeah. And then I, you know, I think Roger came in here last, last year and he brought his board with him. And he's like, yeah, this is the best thing that you could use for downhill. Yeah. Best setup ever. Lucille. And yeah. I'm just like, that's a piece of shit. I, <laughs> I wouldn't touch that. That was like, our <laughs> first downhill board. Yeah, I, I understand. But then you look at my board now, and I could fit my board inside your wheelbase. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's it, how it goes, though. I mean, Daniel, who, you know, Daniel uh, here at Madrid is our street team yeah. manager and pro. And uh, we had like a retro board set up recently with like flywheels and copers. And he was like, what is what is this? What are these, <laughs> what are these plastic things on the trucks? And that's only a you know that's a generation or two removed from him. That's just how it goes, man. Yeah. These you know street guys look at retro boards. You go look at the size of this like fat pig shaped thing. Yeah, with copers yeah. and gigantic wheels. Like they have no idea what to do with it. You know, yeah. that's how it goes. You know, but the beauty of skateboarding is really the base components haven't changed at all. Right. You know, yeah. and every time you get into these guys or companies with these, you know, gimmicky components or aspects of skateboarding, it's, you know, they're never going to last because it's yeah. like, you know, if it's not, if it's not broke, there's nothing to fix, you know? Right. But yeah, when you look right. at just what the generation before you was riding, it's always totally weird. It's scary. You know? yeah. yeah. It's actually scary. Like to go 60 on those boards yeah. is insane to me. Like, I mean, yeah. I have all these assists on my boards, man. Yeah, like yeah, I, I have, yeah, I, have, I, have I have like the, the go kart tires on my shoes to stick to my <laughs> grip tape. I've got nails in my board to stop my slip feet sliding off when I put it sideways. You know, I've got foot stops. I've got you know foam torque blocks to <laughs> keep my foot on the board. I'm basically got snowboard bindings on, man. Yeah. Right. And you guys are there. And Bo, Bo is actually barefoot. Yeah, in, exactly. in, board, <laughs> in board shorts with uh, no no t shirt. I, I fell at about 35 uh, in just a pair of Mad Rats shorts. Oh, uh, no, yeah. No, nothing They ended up glued to your shoes. legs. Oh, uh, dude, it was yeah. a mess. Um, yeah, you guys got it easy today, Harry. Yeah, uh, man. You kids truly. Today, you guys man. Are, are, truly. Again, you're showing us what can be done with downhill. Yeah. You know, something that I really find, you know, invigorating about Madrid specifically is you guys are not uh, – just repurposing molds from longboards or whatever. You guys are designing molds and designing boards specifically for downhill. And a lot of manufacturers just don't do that. You know, they'll take a longboard mold and make it into a long, into a downhill board. Yeah, well, I mean that's the cool thing about Madrid, man. Like we have molds from years ago 
that like we can upcycle, but we can also edit and we can take shapes that we liked before and use them again, or we can make completely new ones. Mm -hmm. Having the ability to just go out the front here, I can walk 10 meters. I can have a chat with Vic and I'm like, Vic, what do you think about yeah. this? He's like, I'll have it done tomorrow. You know what shout, I mean? shout out to Vic, by the way, in production, what man. I, I bother that dude on a daily basis to interrupt everything they're working back on, you know, and, and the guys come in and they want to shape boards. Shout yeah. out to Vic all day long here in production. He's yeah. indispensable, man. Yeah. yeah, Vic gave me his phone number, and I bet he wish he never did. 100%. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I go back there, and every time I go back, I'm like, I start with Vic, I'm sorry. And then I just, you know, I need, I need something. I'm going to just throw everything into chaos and i need a just bring i need you to i need you to it. do a, a bow a bow brown board yeah. from 30 40 years ago yeah. just rock rock out a sample real quick so he's he like yeah sure. you got it yeah. no he's worries like, he never says no man yeah i Shout mean out Vic forever i think that's something that people do not realize especially maybe not in like the street world but especially in downhill in our world i don't think people actually understand that everything is made here yeah Everything is made in this warehouse, in this factory right yep. here, right. Yep. from scratch, from the plies to yeah. the graphics. Shout out Madrid Skateboards. Yeah. And also shout out everyone that always tries to argue with us and, and on, yeah, comments on Instagram, on Instagram yeah. every time we post. Not made uh, in USA. You mean just what do you assembled. Mean? You mean China. No, yeah. man. You, know, no, you, guys, you guys can talk trash on Instagram all day long. Madrid is made right here in California, USA. Yeah. Suckers. And that is, yeah, that is, that is, you know such such a great resource crazy. to have especially when you're you know designing boards prototype in yeah. a prototyping phase I'm like oh can you just take like you know an inch off this yep. or drill new holes yep. here or put the wheelbase up there you know yep um that's just invaluable to have when you're in in the prototyping and designing phase totally. which is you know I always seem to be yeah. <laughs> well, downhill, you know, all you all of you guys have such a, you know, specifically unique shape to everybody's ride. You know, when yeah. you're looking at like street and cruiser and it's like, you know, I may prefer a nine inch board. I could still skate eight and a half street board if I had to. Or, you know, it's like you guys have very exacting specifications to what yep. you're doing out there. And so that's critical mm -hmm. to being able to go back there and shape custom boards man yep. it's fantastic everything it's from the the length to the width to the yep. wheelbase to the construction to yep. where your wheel wells are you know to where the flares are in your design to yep. where you cut it out in the mold like everything is customizable and um with my team i want them to have the best boards possible yeah. so it does mean we do go back and forth a lot yeah um trying to get these guys the best boards because a lot of them are racers yeah and like as a racer myself i know that like, I don't want to be thinking about my board. My board wants to be an right. extension of myself. Yeah. You know, like if I'm thinking about, oh, my, my board's, you know, not stiff enough here, or I wish I had an extra wheelbase, or I wish, you know, I wasn't getting wheel bite when I turned, you know, yeah. this, this corner. Um, I don't want them to be thinking about that. I want them yeah. to be thinking about the race. Yeah. So like having, having a board that's perfect for them that they really like um, is super important for, you know, me as, as a team manager. Um, and which is why I, picked the people that i did because yeah. i know that they can help us totally so like, yeah. it's not just me doing this as well yeah if you look at the performance lineup that is a group effort yeah like i'm the one at the end of the day who makes the decisions and you know hands them off to vic to cut them out yeah but the the ideas the specifications the everything behind those boards comes from our team yeah and the performance collection man it runs the gamut if you look at those boards side by side mm -hmm. there are no two really even remotely alike nope it's crazy no nope. yeah. we, we yeah. we're trying to cover all the bases yeah, for totally. you know trying to think about like i said these guys do every like zach for example yeah he rides all of our boards yeah 
you know, he he races the truth. Yeah. He takes his um motorist down slope style. Yeah. Skating over driveways, popping down stairs, yeah. doing slides, and then he takes the syndicate out to do you know his old school 360s and stuff yeah. and then he's riding the dark horse to the shop to the pub yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean like that's what we're designing our thing that's around awesome. like these types of people who can skate everything go anywhere and and having people like that is, is so important for me as yeah. a team because honestly i'm a very one-dimensional right. rider yeah so which is why i've tried to surround myself with <laughs> <laughs> people who can do everything to help yeah. us help us design the best boards we can here at Madrid. it's like being in a band if you're only okay at your instrument just fill yeah. your band with guys that are better at you and what, at what right. they do and right. sound better i'm yeah. just the singer here you know what i mean yeah. i'm nothing without the without yeah. the team <laughs> oh you get to be the front person though That's right cool. exactly look good <laughs> Well, do you have any, uh, I don't know if you have it all uh, memorized, but uh, where can we find all these guys on Instagram? We're, yep. We got handles for uh, our, our current writers and our, our downhill team. All right, all right, all right. I think I got it. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, myself, my name's Harry, Harry Clark. My Instagram is uh, hasclark underscore HLSS. Uh, Zach Mills Goodwin. I think it is Zach MD underscore Mills, Mills Goodwin. MD or Sounds MG? Right. Yeah, Zach MD on Instagram. Oscar Rodriguez on Instagram is at name for an Instagram. Mm-hmm. He's very creative. <laughs> um, Rydell is um, at, Ab- well, I think it's her last name. I'm sure what is it, it is. Arabico? Arabico. I believe that's correct. Yeah, I think yeah. that's her one. Uh, Frenchie is SD Frenchie. Ethan is at Skeethan. Um, Jeb Brown is just Jeb Brown. Um, Sam Sadorchuk is uh, Sam Sadorchuk. With an underscore on it, Cambrick obviously is still just Cambrick. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody else out there called Cambrick. And his yeah, Cambrick is Cambrick. Yeah, yep. that's an easy one. I think that's everyone. No, am I missing anyone? That sounds good. Yeah. yeah, I was testing you, man. You're the team manager. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I think that's everyone out there. But um, if you want to find them all, it's all on the Madrid Skateboards Instagram. Like, yeah, you'll find them. You know, we try to keep it pretty equal with who we post up totally. there. So yeah, you can find all those shredders there. Yeah, most the of the, the the footage that we you know we get from the downhill team on Instagram is you know tends to be some of our highest engagement, man. I mean, people yeah. love the downhill it's footage. It's been good you know? recently. Like at the end of the day, we're trying to sell skateboards, but yeah. uh, product doesn't, you know, our product posts don't go as far as our, our footage posts. So yeah, know, well, we I mean, appreciate that for sure. Yeah, those guys do a really good job in yeah. sending in footage from all around the world. Absolutely. It keeps all our clips looking, you know, fresh and different. And, Heck yeah. You know, we get some good crashes on this yeah. every now yeah, and then. Yeah. And people love yeah, that. It's that mix of, uh, of environment that's that's rad too. You get to see so many different locales that yeah. you guys are skating. People, yeah. people really respond to that yeah it's a cool awesome. thing about downhill like you're always in the mountains it's always a good view and yeah having people froth that egg any other shout outs or thanks that you want to throw out while you're here any opportunities shout anything we missed shout out to the madrids man <laughs> yeah. absolutely out, yeah. shout out to the madrids yeah like without them like none of this would happen in yeah. my life i think would be very very different so i mean totally. i you know have endless thanks to them and the opportunity they've provided yep myself and i think everybody here yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah shout out shout out to them sounds good bo any closing thoughts um shout out to debbie's donuts that's of right course. <laughs> shout out to our, the, our sponsor <laughs> yeah the black hill alliance my company yeah um one question for those aspiring downhill guys mm-hmm. or girls what are you looking for to put them on a team uh i think the biggest one for me is loyalty 
I'm looking so for loyal team riders. you a sucky racer, but as long as you're loyal, then you'll make it on Madrid? Is yeah. that what you're saying? I mean, it's not what I'm not saying. <laughs> we'll edit this. We'll edit this. <laughs> I mean, if, if you want to ride for Madrid skateboards, show me that you really want to ride for Madrid skateboards. Right. You know what I mean? This, 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 I always thought, like, why would I ride the equipment of a company and then try and be sponsored by them? Like, they've already won. I'm already riding their stuff. I don't, I don't care about that. Right, you know? right. Um, if you want to ride for Madrid, it's like, it's a family here, man. Um, so yeah, sh- show your loyalty to Madrid. Obviously, like, be, be someone who's, you know, doing good for your local community. You know, be someone yeah. who someone wants to aspire to be. Like, that's what I really look for. Someone who's influential, someone who's doing, doing the good work out there. I mean, if you're a great racer, like, sure. But if, if, if you're a shit bloke, I don't want anything to do with you, you know? <laughs> right. You should right. put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah just, That's the new Madrid motto, man. Yeah, yeah. just be, be, you know, a community leader. Be somebody who someone, you know, wants to aspire to be and, you know, shred, live the life and, yeah. Hell yeah. Much it. Well, thanks, Bo, for being here. Oh, obviously, course. thank you, Harry, for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, all our listeners, obviously, you know where to find us. Uh, on Instagram, we're at the Madrid Broadcast. You can please follow at Madrid Skateboards on Instagram as well. And you can pretty much find these episodes on any of your favorite listening platforms. I'm not going to shout out those big corporate names, but you'll find them if you search for us. But uh, thanks once again for listening. We'll be back soon with another guest. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. You.